Over the last few years, a more than 20-year federally-led effort to establish a national first responders communications network has moved from endless planning to reality. For this first of a four-part series on FirstNet, we check in with Jeff Bratcher. He's the Chief Technology and Operations Officer. He's also performing the executive functions of the CEO at FirstNet. Mr. Bratcher, good to have you on. Thank you for having me, Tom. Give us an update on how widespread FirstNet exists out there in the wild for federal agencies that do first response and for the state and local agencies, of which there are countless numbers. Sure thing. So currently, Tom, we have over 700,000 FirstNet connections in use across the country. And we're very pleased with the progress. This contract was awarded to AT&T, as you may be aware, in March of 2017. And they've really hit the ground running, and we're extremely happy with the progress to date uh, all across the country and the use and the adoption by public safety, both federal, state, and local users across the country. And how do you account for the people that might use a competing network that has similar capabilities but is not the official FirstNet contractor? So good question. Um, As I mentioned, this contract has been awarded to AT&T, and I work at the FirstNet Authority, which is within the Department of Commerce, and we actually have oversight of this contract with AT&T. So I can give specifics on where AT&T in building FirstNet is performing and doing their uh, work for the public safety users. I have zero insight into what Verizon or any other um, wireless carrier may do Again, as you mentioned leading into the the program, the FirstNet network is the public safety network. They fought, you know, as you mentioned, over 20 years to get spectrum and dedicated funding to build this network. So we are focused on that mission in delivering this network for the needs that public safety have in saving lives. Sure, understood. And But just with respect to the people that might be first responders on another network, do you monitor it in the sense of making sure that there's interoperability, for example, in a given zone where this fire department has AT&T and that police department has somebody else? Is that is that of concern to the FirstNet office? The concern is really ensuring the features that work. These are, you know, wireless cellular networks that have the uh, connectivity and interoperability and sharing of data applications, just like you and I can talk and share data across different carriers should we be on different wireless networks. That same holds true with FirstNet and the other carriers or wireless operators in the United States. What we can guarantee is that the priority and the preemption features always work for first responders that are subscribers to the FirstNet network. I cannot guarantee you anything on the other networks because we don't have any contractual obligations with those carriers in the United States. Of the 700,000 that you mentioned, each individual has a connection within a given organization. Do we know how many organizations have hooked up so far? Yes, great question, Tom. So we have over 7,200 public safety agencies adopted to date. Uh, and that is increasing every quarter. AT&T puts out the official numbers uh, in conjunction with their earnings statements. I believe we'll see another um, update to that number here in the here in the short term. And with respect to the giant map that is the nation, I guess that has to include Hawaii and Alaska, how much of it so far is covered by FirstNet services? Is there still built, built out to be done yet? 
Oh, absolutely. So this was uh, structured as a uh, five-year contract initially with the funding and the spectrum that the FirstNet Authority had as part of our request for proposals. And we are currently just beyond about the year mark in the build-out of our dedicated spectrum that is now exclusively licensed to AT&T to build this network. But the, 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 the beautiful part of this is how AT&T chose not to wait for our spectrum to get built out across all 56 states and territories, but to immediately allow public safety the priority and preemption capabilities on their existing LTE network as we're building band 14 out. So you don't have to wait, if you're a public safety user, for our band 14 spectrum to be available in your area. If you have AT&T service in your area, you are eligible as a FirstNet user on their network today. Now that being said, we are, as I mentioned, one year into the build-out. We have uh, very uh, aggressive milestones over the next four years for this initial phase of our band 14 deployment. And AT&T is ahead of schedule. They delivered the first milestone six months ahead of schedule, and they are indicating now they will be, by the end of this calendar year, uh, at the 60% build-out milestone, which is well ahead of our schedule. We're speaking with Jeff Bratcher. He is Chief Technology and Operations Officer for FirstNet. And just a quick question on the fact that people can get the services now before Band 14 is everywhere. What about the handsets? Would they have to be upgraded at some point to be able to use Band 14? Great question. So that is the other key benefit of having a Tier 1 provider such as AT&T as our partner. They are able to drive those requirements into their global supply chain of device manufacturers and ensure band 14 is in those devices. The other key benefit to this is public safety today, if they're using an AT&T device, they are eligible and capable to use FirstNet services. And as they are ready to migrate and upgrade devices, they can rest assured that those devices will have the band 14 spectrum when they reach that point in the next year or two and it would be a seamless transition. We have a dedicated SIM card. That's the little identity module uh, that I'm, you may be familiar with that goes into every handset. We have dedicated FirstNet SIM modules. Public safety can walk into, if you're a, a public safety practitioner, you can walk into a commercial AT&T store today. They have dedicated FirstNet um, kiosks and actually sign up for service today. What's going to be the main focus of the FirstNet program office over the next year to 18 months? What do, you, what do you see next on the horizon in terms of services you'd like to see happen? So we have some critical services that we'll be rolling out over the next several years that are, were built into the original portion of this contract, and that's the push-to-talk services. So there is a worldwide standardized feature that's called mission-critical push-to-talk that we will be implementing on the network over the next 12 to 15 months. Uh, this is a key feature that public safety requested in leading up to our release of the RFP. They want the same type features and functionalities that they experience today with their land mobile radio networks in this FirstNet network. So we're bringing those push-to-talk capabilities and uh, the standards-based feature into the network uh, here in the short term. Uh, we've got a few other services, some location-based services. Uh, that's a critical element for safety of first responders, being able to locate a hurt or downed uh, police officer or firefighter in a multi-level story building. That's another key feature that we're excited about that will be uh, implemented in this network over the next three years. 
What kinds of mechanisms do you have in place to get feedback from the user groups, whether federal or non-federal, so that you know that what you're planning and what you're working as priorities is what they most care about? We have been focused and have a dedicated team of over 50 individuals that are based across the country in different regions that interact with public safety every day. Most recently, we've been developing a roadmap for future innovations and investment back into this network. So we are a unique public-private partnership in that we are actually not funded through appropriations. We are funded through payments back from AT&T for exclusive use of Band 14 Spectrum, as well as building this network for first responders based on their needs. So we're continuing that trend now. We've developed a roadmap to advance this network over the next five years and then going on you know, for the next 20 plus years uh, as part of this contract. And that is done through our public safety engagements where we collect their feedback and in, are ensuring that this first net network will evolve in the manner that provides them that differentiated experience so that they can save lives. To date, uh, our team has engaged with over 600 different engagements across the country involving more than 15,000 stakeholders. So we're really excited about the uh, discussions and ongoing efforts that we will have with public safety to, uh, to, again, this is their network to ensure it's meeting the needs that they want in their network. And are there exercises that organizations do to maybe stress test communications in in simulated situations? Absolutely. So a lot of the public safety agencies actually do a lot of these training events and disaster scenario events to actually work through their communications plans and understand how they can use the network during those events. And we've supported those. AT&T supports those. We have a very successful dedicated deployables program. So as a FirstNet subscriber, if you're a public safety subscriber, you can call and request a dedicated SACL, a satellite cell on light truck that has Band 14, can roll up and be operational within a, a matter of minutes on an event, on a scenario where there may be no terrestrial coverage. So a lot of those are being exercised as part of these pre-planned events and as they do their training for disasters. Sounds like there's no sunset then in the immediate future for the FirstNet program office. Oh, absolutely not. We have signed and executed a 25-year contract with AT&T, and um, we're, we're very pleased with that partnership. And uh, the, the FirstNet Authority team is here to ensure public safety's needs are being met. Uh, AT&T is committed to li- delivering what they need. And we're providing that oversight and monitoring of the contract. And again, working with the federal state and local on our consultation efforts. Uh, we meet regularly to ensure their needs are being driven into this network. So we're really excited about that work, and, and that's what we will continue to do as we evolve and mature the network going forward. Jeff Bratcher is Chief Technology and Operations Officer, also performing the executive functions of the CEO at FirstNet. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Enjoyed talking with you. Tomorrow, in Part 2 of our series, FirstNet Update, we'll hear from Ronald Hewitt the Assistant Director of the Emergency Communications Division at Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA. Find the interviews at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search FirstNet. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. 
Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.